on, I got a question. Who threw a wiener in the ring? It's time for another wrestling podcast. All right, all right, all right. Are you fucking kidding me? Guys, I got blocked again on Twitter. I'm your mark of marks. That's the most reliable source on the interwebs. The social assassin at your disposal, bitches. A hot dog. Can you believe that? They threw a fucking <laughs> hot dog in the ring. This is... That's what you get, man. I mean, you wanted to make a stand on the first night of AEW. You're the guy that threw the wiener in the ring. Man, guys, another <laughs> another wrestling podcast happening again. This is it, guys. This is one of the biggest weeks in wrestling we've been waiting for. We've been talking about it for weeks. Uh, a full-blown week. We got new series premieres of the same show, just a different color, different set, different, different graphics. But... Uh, the, the biggest thing happening this week, guys, was the Wednesday Night Wars, uh, which unofficially being dubbed. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, Angry Cooter, Minority Mike, back in the house again. Guys, it's uh, it's good to be back in full force. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I took some time off. I needed a, needed a break from life. Uh, it had a lot of stuff going on, but I'm happy to be back to talk about these Wednesday Night Wars that I absolutely loved. I loved some of it. I hated most of it. I knew and we're going to get into it. Well, yeah, he knew this was coming. <laughs> I, I like to nitpick and just wait. I got some good shit for you. And that that's what's interesting today, guys. So if you're just joining us, uh, so what did everybody do? Were you switching back and forth? Did you watch AEW first? Did you watch NXT first? Well, so we did not plan this. I know it might seem like it, but we did not plan it. This was great. I, I watched AEW for the, the first time. Like, I didn't... I, I had AEW on. I wanted to watch that first. Cooter, you did NXT first. You watched yes. that first. Yes, And then, Mike, you were the one who went back and forth or had them both playing at the same time. I did. Yeah. So, so this is great, because this, this right here will bring the whole show together. We're going to go over... Our, our first time experiences just the you know these shows going battle to back and back and forth for the first time so that's a very uh, unique dynamic because once again we didn't plan that it just happened to be uh but guys stay tuned because what we do have on the show today uh is darby allen aew's darby allen uh, who actually had the first dark match of AEW on TNT, so uh, we'll be talking to him a little bit about everything. Jonathan Benjamin will be sitting down with Darby Allen, so stay tuned for that one in a little bit. But guys, you know, the ratings came out today. It's Thursday. We're recording this Thursday. I mean, we still have SmackDown on Fox, the brand new uh, the launch over there for WWE on Fox tomorrow. And then we got Hell in the Cell this weekend. But if we waited, there's no free time in between any of these shows to actually record the show. So we're doing it now, guys. So we didn't get the SmackDown yet. We didn't get the Hell in the Cell. So let's at least talk about what just happened this week. And WWE came out with this statement, guys. It was right before the ratings were announced. Uh, and the statement reads, Congratulations to AEW on a successful premiere. The real winners of last night's head-to-head telecasts of NXT on USA Network and AEW on TNT are the fans who can expect Wednesday nights to be a competitive and wild ride as this is a marathon, not a one-night sprint. Is that a fucking Vince McMahon statement? or who? <laughs> I mean, is that kind of like... Did they need to acknowledge AEW? Is somebody is somebody shaking over a Titan Towers or what? What kind of statement is this, guys? This was a fuck you, you got lucky, and just wait for it, wait for it. You can't keep this up forever, and eventually we're going to win. That's the kind of statement to me how it sounds like. Congrats, 
yes, you won the sprint, but in the long haul, let's see if you can, you know, go the distance. And uh, it's an interesting statement as opposed to what we've been hearing, you know, out of the AEW camps where, oh, it's not a war, it's not a war. But then you got somebody like, you know, Kenny Omega saying some dumb shit about the competition and, you know, it is what it is. But uh, interesting, to say the least. And I don't think it's something that Vince would want to do because he's just he just seems like the kind of person who has too much pride to acknowledge that yes we lost in our first week yeah i don't, I don't think that's a vince statement at all vince vince doesn't seem like that he, he's the guy they wanted to go to nitro to beat the shit out of eric bischoff <laughs> i remember so I, I i definitely don't think that he's the guy that put that statement out the public relations probably or the human resources they probably did all that stuff just to kind of stay face and you know, just to give them the nod, that, you know, it also tells them that they are aware that, you know, they are competition now. Hmm. And now this is going to be, as they said, people don't say it's a competition, but they just use the word competitive every Wednesday. So that right there tells me that they are aware that AEW is a competition. I don't think they see him as a threat, but they do see him as oh. competition. And I think both parties are going to strive. No, for sure. I mean, so... It's an exciting week. I mean, this is what we built up to. I mean, it's kind of different. Both uh, both shows were different, and let's talk about that right off the bat. I mean, uh, I'm going to give you my point of view of AEW when I first started. Some of the things I saw, I'm not giving you a whole match-to-match analysis, but just I put AEW on. This is what I got out of it. Maybe you guys could tell me if you agree, you disagree, or maybe what you got out of it too. But guys, so I tuned on AEW first. Now, Mike, I almost started NXT. I think I tried doing it on my phone, and then it was just too much work. I couldn't concentrate on both, so I was like, screw it. Let me stick with AEW. Right off the bat, it, it, it's still, I said before and I'll say it again, it has that WCW vibe. Just the lights, the look of it, the way the way it's being presented. I mean... It's got it's got to be the same guys who probably put, did the production for WCW, but it just looks like WCW to me, and that's not a bad thing. It just it, it definitely has the the night and day feel. So this is AEW, that's WWE. So I like I like the difference of it, and it, it wasn't a surprise to us because we kind of been uh, we we've seen the past few pay per views of AEW, so we've already kind of seen a look that they were going for. And then, you know, this is their first weekly show. So uh, I liked it. The pyro, I'll tell you, and this is not against AEW or WWE, but the pyro for both shows, just the pyro. I mean, I'm expecting the boom, 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 boom. And it was more like, you know, it it wasn't as loud. Like, I know they had to tone down some fire because they don't want a big scene. But when you say pyro, I'm expecting, like, the stage to catch fire on what they used to do in the 90s. Like, those are some pyro entrances. But... Regardless, guys, it's back. I'm happy. The music, I think, uh, Mike, you said too, the music could have used some work, but I mean, it's it, it's a it's a it's not a it's not a sprint, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, so watching it for the first time, I enjoyed it. I didn't hate it. I'm glad to see. You know, it, it made me interested in see next week kind of thing. And I think one of the good things they did do is they had a good use of talent that night to where we didn't put every guy on this on the show because this is a weekly show now. We didn't put every we didn't we didn't, you know we didn't use everybody at first. So I mean they didn't use no Darby, no Luchasaurus, no Joey Janellas, right? So uh, I think that is the smart thing for them to do because next week then you bring those guys on, and then you go back and forth to where if they balance their talent down like that, especially since they only have one show, it's not a monster like WWE, 
they need to use their talent like that from week to week and, and balance it back and forth with that. The biggest surprise, though, of the night, Jake Hager, Jack Swagger. All right. I don't hate him. I mean, I... <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't. I, I don't think he would have been that big of a surprise to save him for the show. But I guess okay. I mean, a little bit of a surprise. Uh, and then lastly, I mean, the AEW Women's Championship, which they debuted. Holy cow! You need a magnifying glass for that. That's a, that's a. T- I know they're trying to go old school with like the, some of the old school women belts used to look like, but that is a tiny belt. Especially if Nyla Rose would have won that, because that would have <laughs> been. I mean, uh, all right, she won this like. I, I know the the women aren't on the same level, or I don't know what they what they're doing with the belt there. It's kind of tiny for my taste, but guys, overall AEW, I enjoyed it. Uh, I didn't hate it. I'm not knocking it. I, I like that it's a great alternative to NXT. I don't know. I think it, it's it's a different kind of uh, it's a different kind of food, different kind of entree. You know, I, I I would eat both. But at the same time, you can't compare them to each other, you know? So, especially with AEW traveling to, to big arenas and then NXT's, I'm sure Mike will talk, talk about it later, is in a smaller place. But overall, guys, any any points on there? I mean, how did you feel about your first AEW experience? Any points you want to bring out? Uh, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, watching it back and forth with NXT, it reminded me so much of when I was a kid watching the Attitude Era and the Monday Night, or the Monday Night Wars, excuse me where I had a a TV that had the picture in picture and I would have one TV on the small pic or one show on the small picture. And then the something else that interests me on the big picture, except I don't have that option. So I have to literally have an iPad and the TV and I have another TV in in my bedroom. So it was kind of like whatever I saw interest me, I would flip to Um, when it came to comparing the openings, I thought NXT had, the better opening package. They made it seem like it was a big deal where AEW kind of just dived right into it and went right into their, their open, their show opening. Mm -hmm. Um, It it was an experience though, but I I did enjoy the show. There's, there's a lot of minor things I I picked out of it. Um, But other than that, I thought it was a good debut show. I I did not, I was not a fan of the Jack, Jake Hager surprise. (laughs) Uh, That really, really didn't do anything for me. But other than that, that was basic. It basically was a good show. It was yeah. a good debut. Yeah, I, I know Cooter's uh, <sighs> waiting to tell us how he thinks. I've been <laughs> waiting for this day for so long. Right, oh, well, how did you feel? I mean, uh, did you All like right. it? Did you, you, want, enjoy you want some it? honesty? I, want I did. I, I, it was a decent show. I'm not going to say it was like a great show, and I'm not going to say it was the drizzling shits. I'm not it's somewhere in the middle there. All it's right. a decent show at best. For an opener, for like your first, okay. Uh, Cody and Sammy opening up was was awesome. I thought, to me, since the the inception of of the promotion, everything Cody touches is gold. I can't hate on him. And, um, you know, he definitely built up Sammy. I I, I can't pronounce his last name. Guevara. I got this this Polish accent. It just doesn't work. (laughs) I'm, I'm waiting for the butt, Cooter. Is there a butt in all this? Uh... I, I want to. I want to give. Listen, <laughs> our therapist says you have to start with luck. Okay. So I, I want to say MJF did a, an amazing job establishing who he is and what he is. Uh, to me, still probably one of, if not the best heel in the business today. There's a lot of hypocrisy that I see from the promotion and its fans. So let's start off with 
if we have one of these cross promotion segments on Raw, like the Kevin Smith thing, I know I get it. You're you know helping them plug their movie, but if we had Chris Chrisley in the crowd promoting the fact that his show is coming up next, we would be shitting all over it. We would be. These the the other thing I want to I want to point out the SCU segment out in DC. That's some corny ass shit too. That if WWE did that, these smart marks who hate everything WWE does would be hating on that. And here's something else: the Lucha Brothers come out, start beating up on SCU, right? And the refs come out to break it up. You gonna tell me that that 130 pound? female ref is going to hold back Christopher Daniels in the middle of a fight. You got to be fucking kidding me. I still okay. love how she dove in there though. Oh, of course. <laughs> but come on now. All right. Let me let me turn the page here. Yo, does you Kevin Smith a- have AIDS? He's got notes. <laughs> I, I took notes. I did. I took some okay. notes. I, uh, no, uh, he's just lost a lot of weight, I think. I think Jay looks worse than Kevin, to be yes, honest. Yes, well, you know, that's heroin. You know, that happens. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did enjoy Paige. Adam Page is he's starting to grow on me. He's got to show a little bit more personality. Um, but every time I see him, I see James Storm. Um, That's a good comparison. Yeah, it it. it but ugh. dude, I felt so bad for Jim Ross having to keep saying the undefeated MMA fighter Jake Hager. If we're going by that model, <laughs> motherfucker, I am an undefeated MMA fighter, okay? He had one fight, fighting a two. fucking tomato can in Bellator. Wait, listen. Two tomato cans. Two, two tomato, tomato cans. cans. Oh, I'm sorry. Alright, he had enough to make some sauce. Great. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Undefeated, though. The record. Undefeated fans. MMA what, what fighter Jake they, Hager. Gotta, you gotta slip that in there. They forgot to mention that one of the guys that he fought was Donkey Lips. Donkey okay. Lips. Donkey Lips from Salute Your Shorts. He fought him. <laughs> well, that's right. Got to mention oh. that. And the other guy was like a 40, 50-something-year-old man. Terrible. Go on. I, I, I digress. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, dude, um, the fact that Darby Allen was not on this show bothers me. And I feel like they had to pull out all of their big guns. So we had to have the Bucks. We had to have Cody. We had to have fucking... That, that that boring and that Kenny Omega fucking shit. Listen, here's the other thing that drove me nuts about this. Was that last match no DQ match? I know where you're going with this, and I I, I agree with you on I, this. I'm like, what ahead. the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> what, what, we, we got John Moxley coming into the ring and beating his ass in front of the ref. Yet we still have now we got a three on two. Uh, yeah. I mean, and and I was loving Ortiz and Santana. If you were gonna do this, let's like put Jake Hager like I don't know selling popcorn or something and let's have Moxley come in he could have been in the VIP room he could have been in the VIP room and opened the door and like (laughs) but it's the whole the VIP section oh my god stop (laughs) it was just some really really corny shit and it just like I, I get like I'm nitpicking but overall the wrestling was good the production was 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 pretty damn good but just, just you, when you said it seemed like WCW, the one thing that you forgot to mention is the, they also booked it like WCW. 
Well, like, yeah. you know, it's just shit that you would look at and be like, why the fuck would you do that? A few growing pains, I hear you. Yeah. You know, the one thing that stands out for me, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, maybe if you feel the same way at home, I still can't get over the fact that, okay, when I see Cody wrestle, when I see the Bucks wrestle or Omega, it's still in the back of my mind that I'm a VP. Cody wins. Of course he wins. He's a VP. And I, you know what I mean? It's, I, I, I can't appreciate his win knowing the fact that I know that he's, it's his company. You know what I mean? Like if they would have just kayfabe and never told anybody that they're really VPs of the company, that's fine. But like now every time I see it and every time they get pushed, that's all I'm saying in my head is like, well, of course it's your, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That just resonates with me a little bit to where I just, I can't get, I can't get it over it uh, until something happens or whatever happens. But that's every time I see a win by one of these guys or something, I'm like, of course they're putting themselves in the spotlight. They're the vice president or whatever. So it's nothing. Big. I, I, I have one that. thing. I have one thing I want to throw out there. I don't know if Cooter, if you had this on your list or not, but one thing that kind of did stand out to me, um, is the fact that I, I personally felt like they had issues or trouble kind of transitioning to and from commercials. Like they, when they went to commercials, it kind of just, they didn't really have like, like, you know, how Michael Cole, everybody shits on Michael Cole, but he's actually good on transitioning into a commercial break and then coming back from a commercial break as JR and, and the other guys, it just didn't seem natural to where like they would just literally say they're going to commercial and then all of a sudden like literally 30 seconds later they go or it, I, I don't know it's just weird things like that i don't know if you guys noticed that too or not well i mean that's growing pains because yeah. you got to remember jr and giovanni haven't worked together since what 90 91 somewhere in there yeah. and you throw in excalibur and it's who's who's worked with jr a few times now so you know what happened to to the Golden Boy or whatever his fucking name is? Is he just doing pay per views or? I don't know. I don't know exactly what they're doing with the commentating team. They have a lot of they have a lot of play by play guys yeah. and not enough color guys. I think and we'll I, get I mentioned into that. Yeah, yeah, and I mentioned this too, and we'll get and we'll get into that a little later. But that that's one thing that stood out to me the most too. Well, Cooter, I mean, that was some first hand experience. I think I think the overall consensus is. We all we all enjoyed it. Nothing, little nitpicky things, but I think we all we're gonna tune in next week, kind of a thing. So, but Cooter, you you started with NXT. Tell us your first hand experience because you watched NXT first. I, I have to I have to stay faithful to the brand that so far has earned my live my live rights. I like to call them. You know what I mean? Um, you know, there's a lot of television shows that I watch. One I'm watching live, but, you know, something else is, you know, I can watch that later. I'm going to DVR it all. I'll check it out on Hulu. So, I mean, they've, they've earned my live rights, and they opened up with a title match. They went balls to the wall. I mean, Matt Riddle and Adam Cole tore this shit down. And the one thing that I noticed was that match was over at exactly 8.20. And they said that they were going to be commercial free for the first half hour. So in that half hour, you had that, you had the Finn Balor, um, you had the, the Balor surprise, you had uh, a Candice versus Shayna package, you had uh, quick segments of them like warming up, you had Velveteen Dreams promo, and you could have gone to a commercial right there, and I'm thinking, wow, it's 8.30. They didn't. But 
Velveteen Dream was pretty much done at exactly 8.30. It was just really good timing. Um, they were just so on point. Um, dude, Mia Yim, where the fuck did she come from? The more I see her, the more I want to see her more. And this new attitude from Io Shirai, they, they don't throw somebody out there that I feel like is is going to bore me. Every match on this card, even the non-advertised ones, like Dunn and Danny Birch, just stuff that I really, really enjoy. There's not a segment on here that I'm like, eh, you know, I didn't really like. The one, the one thing that I did have, the one gripe I had, was they promoted the whole Champa thing at the end, and, and he came out at the end. I would have had him come out after the title match where Balor did and save the Balor surprise for the end of the show, especially since he wasn't really saying much. He just had a quick I am NXT thing, and that would have really been cool, I think. A, a, a great way to close the show. Um, that's my one knock on it. Um, overall, I mean, I like the, the studio feel of it. I like the darkness of the crowd. So you're more focused on the wrestling. People are, you know, they keep saying, well, AEW, they got these huge crowds. It looks more impressive. Yeah, but if I wanted to watch that, I could watch Raw or SmackDown. This is a completely different show, a completely different animal. And that's why I'm watching it. It's my alternative to the same old same, you know. For somebody who said that they weren't going to be like Raw or SmackDown, they certainly took a lot of pages out of their playbook. Whereas NXT seemed like, and, and, and stayed to, true to their model. So, really good show. Yeah, you know, I'll go back to Finn Balor because that was, I think, I think one of the surprises that everybody was talking about of who's going to go to NXT or who's going to go to SmackDown Raw or whatever. But he said, for now, I'm NXT or whatever. So, uh, it, that... I mean, I think that's an obvious uh, he's going to be there for a few, working with those guys down there, and just another name to add to NXT. I don't hate it. I really wish he was used a lot better on the main roster, if you will, or or the other shows just pushed a lot bigger than what he was. But I think this will be a nice recharge for Finn Balor. Maybe just get rid of the stupid demon thing and just come out with paints every week. You know what I mean? Like, I love the Finn Balor of old, uh, the Prince Devitt of old, of every every pay-per-view or every show or whatever was a different body paint. And that that was like almost the allure to him. Like he didn't need to be a demon. Uh, you know, they, they dressed him up in like Mardi Gras grob and, you know, to, to pretend to be a demon where the Fiend right now is taking that demon spot, if you will. Keep Finn Balor. Make Finn Balor great again. Make Finn Balor like he – the reason why you hired him, you know, not just for his talent – but for that paint, man, I want to see something like that was his thing. Bring that back. And I think a lot of other people want to see the different body paint. I know it's not marketable where you, you can't make, you know, you can't make action figures and, and whatnot. But if you're going to put the demon up against the fiend, the fiend's like a lot more scarier or crazier than what Balor was doing. Just, I don't know, make Balor great again. And that's what I hope NXT will do with that. So I'm, I'm excited that he's back down in NXT for who knows how long, even if it's just for a few months or I don't know, uh, just a few good programs. I'm happy for that. They cut his hair real short too. They basically gave him the crew cut. He just got married. So I think he, he kind of got cleaned up for all that. Yeah. He shaved his head. As I remember, he posted something like a month ago when he shaved his head. It's a better look for him. I think. 
A nice little recharge, but uh, I don't know. That, that was the one thing that stood out for me. I, I really, I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested now to see what they're going to do with him. All right, now let me throw this question out to you guys because uh, we were kind of talking about this uh, during the group chat, and it was a point that I had made where, you know, like I said earlier, they say that the crowd looks more impressive in terms of AEW. Do we think with that roster they're going to be able to continue to? sell out big arenas like that because that's part of the reason why people are saying, oh, wow, yeah, it just looks like a better show. But can they continue to do that with the uh, with the roster that they got? That's, uh, I think, just right off the bat, that's going to be tricky only because there's still a new name and I think booking these kind of shows they did in advance to, like, you know, uh, pay-per-views, if you will, to where, like they're announcing their next live show or whatnot, to where it's not like a machine like WWE is. So I think eventually that steam is going to run out to where, I don't know, I mean, unless they keep going to the same places, you know, like a little bit of a loop, if you will, but it's not like everywhere, like like WWE is up and down the the, the map and whatnot. But if they, they got to stay in the big name markets that you know we're going to yeah. Draw, so, I would so, say. so if they stay in that, maybe. But I don't know. Like novelties wear off. You know what I mean? And you know how many fucking wrestling shows can you go to? Because now with WWE or Raw, SmackDown, NXT, they're, if they're on tour now, you got AEW on tour. And don't get me wrong, I know you marks go to every shows out there, but. Not every mark goes to every show, and not all the casual fans go to every show. So there's going to be a point, though, where it's just like, I, I can't cough up any more money for another wrestling show. So I don't know, man. If the, it, It's it's going to be a balancing act. What do you think, Mike? I think, you know, once they, they finish their tour on the East Coast and then they go out to the West Coast, because they haven't been to the West Coast yet. So once they go out to the West Coast, they're going to sell out some arenas on the West Coast because it's their first time going out there. After they do that whole run in the United States and finally get that in, we'll see. I mean, I think it's wise for them unless they can keep the hype going and it doesn't wear off. I think it's wise for them to start kind of downgrading in the arena. And that's not knocking them at all. That's just, you know, I'd rather see them in a full arena. It doesn't matter what the size of the arena is than see empty seats because they couldn't sell out a 14,000 plus arena. Yeah. Yeah, because that was the thing that I said. Yeah, at some point, you know, if they don't sell out these massive fucking, you know, arenas, they're going to have to 205 Live. It was the phrase that I used because in these smaller markets, I don't know if you guys watch, but, you know, they tape that or they, they air it after SmackDown. And it's just painful in some of these smaller markets where everybody left after SmackDown, so they just move everybody camera side and they keep the crowd dark like they do for NXT the whole fucking time because they can't fill it up and it just seems so quiet in there yeah. because nobody gives a shit. They're waiting for that dark match to happen after as a thank you for staying during our 205 Live. You know, uh, Real quick, uh, back to NXT though, to where... I know we're going to talk about some announcers pretty soon, but I think one of the key things for NXT that made me glued to it is Mauro Ranallo. Not even talking about anybody else, just one person. That kind of energy, man. You... <laughs> exactly. You know, uh, it, I'm telling you, the, these announcers, and I think that's a great thing. We'll, we'll talk about all these announcers in a little bit, but just his energy, just somebody keeping excited. Because, I mean, when you looked at AEW almost, JR. 
he's a he's an age JR. He doesn't have that same kind of energy. And I'm, I'm saying that he was that third man on NXT to where wrestling's great, the show is great, the announcing is great. You know, it kept your energy level up the whole entire show. So I enjoyed NXT too, though. But I mean, Mike, we do have to say you're the one that watched both at the same time. How did you handle it? Tell us a little bit about that because, like I said, we each Cooter watched NXT, I watched AEW, you watched both at the same time. Uh, how was that? It, it was it was kind of tough. It was tricky, but I managed to do it. I mean, I, as I mentioned before, I'd like I used to do this, you know, when Nitro and Raw were battling each other, where I try to watch both of them at the same time. Um, I, I flipped back and forth as much. I mean, I watched as tricky as this sounds. I, I, I watched both opening matches simultaneously, and that was tough. But I thought NXT had the better match opening match. Uh, other than that, it, it was just, it was a real awesome experience just to be able to finally have two competitive wrestling shows and you don't know which one you want to watch more. So you just watch both of them. It, it was, it was fun. It really was definitely was. So I think the biggest question though, uh, of all this was who won? So I, I think if we just go around the room and share our thoughts, uh, guys, at the end of the day, I mean, fans are going to pick a side uh, and vote uh, or whatnot. But at the end of the day, did, did you pick one over the other? I did, actually. You know, I I watched AEW for the curiosity. I wanted to see what they could do. And they put on a great show. Like, I will tune in next week to watch again. That's how good their show was. But NXT has always been my baby. Hmm. And... I've been Cooter knows this. I've been a huge NXT advocate for years, and they always deliver to me. And I thought NXT had the better wrestling show. Um, AEW had the great like curiosity, like introducing new people to me. People, I mean, Sammy Guevara. A lot of people didn't know who he was until they watched this match. Now they know that he's actually a real good in-ring talent. For I think he's like 25 years old. Amazing. But I, th- I, in my personal opinion, I think NXT won, even though they didn't win the rating war. I, I thought they had a better show. Yeah, I, I think from, from the get, I always knew that AEW was going to win that first rating based on curiosity alone, just because, you know, Raw beat them to the table two weeks prior. And what, what I found so interesting was they didn't put too many of their big guns on those first two shows the weeks prior. We went since they went live on USA three weeks without seeing Johnny Gargano, but he no. was on the taping the week before. Yes, he was, he was, on, he was there on the opening night, right? But, but he went, he didn't wrestle. Didn't wrestle is what yeah. I'm saying to me. It was expected, but I definitely enjoyed NXT more. Not, not because, you know, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid and that I'm an AEW hater. Listen, you know, I'm a prick until, you turn me, and I can't be turned, and I can't admit when I'm wrong. But uh, I still feel like I'm right. I, I still think that they got a long way to go. They got some building to do. There's a lot of growing pains. And uh, they got to stop some of the stupid, childish booking bullshit. Uh, and maybe they'll get somewhere. So NXT wins for you. Uh, all right. uh, you know, NXT is for me, too. I think the only the one big reason for that is just... Uh, I'm, I'm conditioned to these guys. Like, I know who they are. I know Matt Riddle. I know Adam Cole. I, I'm invested in these guys. I've been watching them for months and years now. So it's like, 
I want to see what they're doing. Yes, that curiosity factor had me. That's why I watched AEW first. But at the same time, there's a lot of guys and girls on the, that roster that, eh, I never seen before. Why should I get invested now? So, like, I really have to see them every week, and it has to build up on me. And then once I start getting invested, this will be an interest, interesting conversation, you know, six months from now to see who, who are we still invested in because with that time, seeing them every week on TV, do I feel the same way about this? But, I mean, right now I think it's an NXT win for me just because – I'm more invested with these characters, and I want to see kind of what happens to them more than I do the other guys. So, uh, not knocking them at all, because like I said, I enjoyed AEW, but it's it's one of those things that I guess we just got to watch weekly. So, I even feel like I'm going to say this: I think WWE knew they were going to lose that rating because of the curiosity factor alone. I mean, how could you not? No, of course. Yeah, everybody wants to see what they're going to do. Are they going to make a statement? Or is somebody going to say something? You know, it, it's always like, what what could happen? And, you know, nothing crazy like that happened. They just put on a show, and that's fine. I mean, that's we're trying to see what the plan, uh, you know, Brand X is like. You know, they want to see what the other competition is. So, um, Can't wait to see another DDT in the VIP section, baby. <laughs> well, right I, through the glass, glass table. table. Oh, my God. I, I, will, I will say this, though. Watching... You know, watching both of them side by side was a workout, but then they actually had the replay of AEW right after. And I actually got to just sit down and just watch that by itself. And, and like, I had a different experience watching it, watching the replay. I got to see things that I missed and point and even things that I nitpicked and even other things that were good, good that I missed earlier. So that that's awesome. I thought it was smart for them to put the replay on at the end. So what are you guys going to do next week, though? Because for me, I, I, I had to watch both of them back-to-back -back just to see what's going on, but I, I can't do that every week. I'm, 30, no, I'm 37 can't. years old, pushing 38. I can't... I can't. There's, you know how much wrestling there is this week that I'm I'm still happily married. I'm not gonna get divorced from this, but it's like I can't, <laughs> I can't watch all this non. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a it's a job, man. But next week, what are you guys gonna do? Because I think for me, I'm. I mean, I don't need to watch it live like I do. Like I love watching Raw live. That's my that's my live show every week. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm there for Raw every week. Live everything else I DVR and I watch when I can. So yeah. when it comes down to it, guys, though, what are you gonna watch? Uh, maybe live that day, or are you just gonna watch it when you can? No, NXT is getting my live. It has my live rights, and uh, you know I, I have a feeling that the AEW is uh, it's, it's gonna be DVR'd. I, I'm going to give it a chance, but I just <sighs> it. it it didn't do enough for me to be like, you know what? I, I, I think they got a shot. They got some good talent and uh, I think some dumb names in charge. But you, get, you know what? You got to wine it and dine you, right? You got to take you out for a few dates first God before we can right. uh, get in bed with you, man. I think it's it's been a great week so far. I mean, like it's only Thursday right now. We still got the debut of Fox this week, uh, uh, WWE on Fox, SmackDown on Fox. So... A lot of people are going to be on Fox tomorrow night. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking about that next week. Uh, or maybe we'll do a Facebook Live or an Instagram Live. I don't know. Maybe we'll surprise people out there. Uh, with all that said, we do have on AEW superstar Darby Allen. Jonathan Benjamin sits down with him. Uh, and we get to hear a little bit more about Darby Allen. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to another wrestling podcast. I'm JB, and today... I'm speaking to someone a little unorthodox, a little 
new to the scene, but not really. He's been around for a while, making huge waves in professional wrestling. Darby Allen is joining us. Darby, thanks so much for coming on the show. How are you doing tonight? Awesome. Awesome. I love to hear that. Now, Darby, you are indeed a household name. And if you if you got to think back for a few minutes, that's... Uh, is that is it a shock to you knowing that you only began your wrestling career less than four years ago? Does it surprise you that you're a household name already? At times, yeah, but other times, absolutely not. I gotta ask, what was breaking into wrestling like? You know, how were you received by the the other wrestlers and uh, the fans, and just kind of how was it to kind of jump into the world of professional wrestling? Uh, a lot of people obviously didn't understand me. Because I said I wanted, what's your character? What's your gimmick? Oh, I'm myself. No, what's your character? What's your gimmick? You have to be some. No, I'm myself. I feel like that's good enough. And then uh, you just got to shut people up, and that's what, exactly what I did. You know, wrestling's a sport with a kind of already short shelf life. Uh, why do you do such risky maneuvers? Because I have so much outside influences that I want to do outside of wrestling, like filmmaking and clothing company that I'm starting, that if wrestling ended, I would just do that. So I don't give a shit. People, I don't play by anybody else's rules. They got to understand, I will be doing crazy things inside that ring or outside of that ring. So just leave me alone. The, uh, the riskiest of all of your moves, perhaps, is the coffin drop why did you choose that as your your signature go-to move because i don't fly to look pretty i fly to hurt and me just falling back on someone i don't need to do three rotations to do that i can just do it just fall back on him and uh that gets the job done so yeah i'd say that was a a go-to thing because it just looks painful but it doesn't look pretty. All right, all right. Now, um, with all those high-risk maneuvers and uh, the fact that prior to professional wrestling, you were a professional skateboarder, uh, what has been your worst injury so far in your career? Probably broke my uh, elbow with a shovel. That was pretty... But when I uh, got a concussion at a progress show, that was pretty bad as well because concussions are no joke and when you feel that and then for a week straight you're just like feeling out of the loop and feeling like just totally crazy like you don't even know what up and down is and it just makes you just feel like are you ever going to be normal again so I say mentally the uh, concussion but physically the broken elbow. You came to professional wrestling you know despite having a career as a professional skateboarder what drew you into the world of professional wrestling? Why why did you decide to make that switch? Physical. Um, it's, like, it's like a drama. It's like a play, but it's like physical. So it's like, you know, you think about like stunts on Broadway, like me falling on a skateboard. Um, sometimes in, a, in front of like a small group of people, it sucks. But if you fall in front of like thousands of people in wrestling, it's like, it's like worth it, you know what I mean? It's like mentally like okay, I like that. So uh, I would say I just like uh, being like telling a story, going out there and telling a story, and 
in front of a bunch of people and like I said, physical Broadway. Awesome, awesome. Now, um, obviously, skateboarding and wrestling are kind of wildly different, but there there probably is some some of the same things going on there. But um, you know, coming from never skateboarding before to where you're at now, and coming to never wrestling before to where you're at, which do you feel was the much more difficult one to kind of master? skateboarding by far and it was way more painful really really wow um, now you spent lots of time on the independent scene um and wrestled very very high profile matches at you know wwn evolve um you know taking on everybody from walter to keith lee um what were some of your personal highlights during this time like what were the things that really got you you know stoked about your time in professional wrestling during that time on the indies mm. i don't know like matches against walter probably you know i i don't know exactly what your first match was um you know i don't know what your training was exactly like but um to go from that to about to debut on tnt you know wednesdays um and like what what's been the most surreal moment of your career so far like what have you just like after it's happened maybe some time passed and you were just like wow i can't believe that actually happened uh at aw by far because it's the first time i can actually make a living off of wrestling i don't have to be living in my car so yeah it's definitely anything with aew you you finished up most of your indies. You you do have some stuff up in the northeast to to finish, which we'll talk about just in a second. But um, you know, you just mentioned it. AEW, the big time, no longer living in a car, making money professionally. Um, the world gets to see what you do on a on a weekly basis. Um, but do you do you feel like you're gonna miss the indies some? Like, do you feel like that there's parts of it that are gonna kind of, you know, tug at your heartstrings a little bit? I don't know. It's such a hard one because uh, I feel like people, man, they demand so much from your body on the indies with no payoff. You know, these promoters that want you to kill yourself, they're not going to be there in the hospital bed with you. They're not going to pay your hospital bill, but they want you to kill yourself on their show so they can get YouTube hits. So there's parts of me that I don't give a shit. And then there's other parts where I'm like, you know, the fans and the intimacy of everything. Of course, you know, you're going to miss that. All right. Now, um, I mentioned, you know, here in the Northeast, uh, you are currently the Northeast Wrestling Champion. Um, what's that title mean to you? And what do you think of your upcoming opponent, King Brian Anthony? You go one-on-one -on -one with him October 19th, live in Bethany, Connecticut. Being the champion at uh, Northeast Wrestling, it's a good, it's a, like a good checkpoint on my career because when I first started there like you'd always hear about it they have all these like super shows like Mysterio like the list goes on of these like just crazy names and stuff like that so uh, you know like that stuff uh, always like okay like to be on the top of that company is a good checkpoint um, but like King Brian is a guy like um, that you know, I, I, he's been doing this a lot, lot, lot longer, and uh, I think he has a big chip on his shoulder coming into this match for sure. 
because he sees that I'm kind of out the door and, you know, he wants me to like, just, he wants to be the one taking that from me. So taking that championship from me. So, you know, of course there's going to be a lot of anger with him because he's been doing this a lot longer and stuff like that. And he sees a little skateboard <laughs> punk rock guy coming in and stealing his, uh, his, uh, stealing his spotlight for sure. All right. All right. Well, um, the life of a wrestler uh, is often spent, you know, traveling, going from place to place, being on the road a lot. Um, when you are on the road, whether it be on, you know, flying from place to place or driving from place to place, what kind of keeps you sane while you're you're traveling? What what do you do to keep you going? You know, just skateboarding and uh, music and just you know working out and stuff like that. It just keeps me like it's my uh, therapy. All right, you just mentioned music. What are what what does a Darby Allen listen to on a daily basis? Mm, all types of stuff, but mainly uh, anarcho punk, like Crass and uh, a bunch of bands like that. And um, yeah, like uh, just stuff that makes me want to take on the world, like Black Flag and all these other bands and stuff like that. You know, so there's a big big list of things. All right. Um, if you had to say, you know, just knowing that everybody doesn't really know you, they just see you, you know, in snippets on television or, you know, matches or whatever, what would you say the biggest misconception, um, that fans or other wrestlers may have about you is? Is that I want to be wrestling forever. All right. All right. I Um, don't. So you, uh, you mentioned that you are coming out with like a clothing line. Um, if the door, you know, shuts on wrestling tomorrow or the next day or the next day, um, you know, do you see yourself going back to skateboarding? Do you see yourself with this clothing line? What What is uh, on the horizon for Darby Allen? Uh, my filmmaking and my clothing line, for sure. We saw recently, and I can't believe it, but you did the uh, Death Nut Challenge. And uh, it was pretty pretty brutal um, to to watch. But uh, what are some other you know like crazy challenges that you've done um, that maybe people haven't got to see? I've done so much weird challenges. I don't even know where to start. I uh, filled up a hot. I filled up a bathtub full of like over a hundred hot dogs, and I took a bath in that, and it's fucking nasty. <laughs> And then I got pepper sprayed, and then uh, just a lot of stuff. I've been, you know, a lot of challenges that I've had that were uh, far worse than the death challenge. Yes, yes. Um, now, obviously, with crazy stuff like that going on, people may think, God, he must have been drunk or whatever to do that. But obviously, and um, some fans may not know this, but you are straight edge. So um, why did you make that decision to be straight edge? And what does being straight edge mean to you? I made that decision to be straight edge because I didn't, I just like being in control of my brain at all times. And, uh, and if I fail in this life, if I don't achieve everything I wanted to achieve, I can't blame it on alcohol. I can't blame it on drugs. I'm hundred percent full responsibility of not achieving everything I set out to do. You've already had some amazing moments in AEW, some, you know, highlight reel moments, but with uh, October 2nd right around the corner and uh, you being 
on TNT, Dynamite, Wednesday nights. Um, what are you after in AEW? Why are you Why are you there? Because it's a company that gives me the chance to be myself. That's like the only reason I really, really like fall in love with AEW is because it's like here, be yourself, and um, that's all I've ever wanted, you know. So. All right. Well. We look forward to seeing you live um, every week now. And um, is there anything else that you want to get off your chest before you go tonight? Nah, man. I'm just getting ready for fucking DC. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We will probably see you live also at Northeast Wrestling in Bethany, Connecticut, uh, Autumn and Bush, October 19th. But uh, until then, just uh, congrats on all your success and uh, keep up all the great work. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, man. check this out i got this smoking hot chick i'm going out with this friday and i gotta tell you man i'm grooming myself and i i i'm terrified beyond belief to go below the waist with the trimmers i have now but i gotta look good man let me ask you a question are you using the same trimmers on your face that you're gonna be using down there bro because if you are you're a fucking idiot yeah i am an idiot because it put me in the hospital two months ago i don't know if you remember that Oh, well, that's great. Well, that's why you got to go and get the lawnmower 2.0, bro, from manscaped.com with the skin safe technology. So you're telling me that this lawnmower 2.0 is not going to send me to the emergency room and I'm going to go with the smoothest balls like a baby's bottom. Well, not only that, you can actually wear white underwear again and not going to look like little polka dots with little blood spots all over the fucking place because your nuts will be safe, bro. From Nixon Snags. How much is this going to cost me? Because I know my trimmers, I got them from like the dollar store for like three ninety nine. What's What's the cost on this? Am I going to save some money? How can this? you put a price on your yam bag, bro? What the fuck? That's your first mistake right there. Yes, okay? I know. I know. Dude, I'm going to budget, man. You should be balling on the budget, and there should be no budget for your balls. So step your game up. Go to manscaped.com and get yourself the right tools for the job god damn it promo code awp once again thanks to darby allen and jonathan benjamin uh doing that interview uh guys I just kind of hope we see him on AEW next week because I actually do enjoy watching him. Yeah, man. Uh, one of the, you know, and it's great. I, one of the smartest moves for Darby Allen was going to AEW because if he would have went to NXT or whatnot right now, he, he would have killed all his progression of building his own character, you know, being himself. And, you know, they would have turned him into something, you know, like gave him something stupid because they had to rewrite him. And they, you know what I mean? So I'm happy that he made the AEW move because he at least gets to progress as himself and be himself for a while. And that's what hopefully will stand out a, a lot more compared to WWE and how they build their characters and whatnot. But nonetheless, a, a great addition to AWP this week. But guys, you know, one thing we talked all about, uh, AEW, we talked all about NXT, we talked about these shows this week, but we did not mention the, the announced teams. Uh, and that's, I think, you know, I, I consider the announced team like that third man. If you don't have an announced team, 
you know, your product isn't going to shine as much. You need these guys calling the spots, talking out there, and, and you know, making these shows lively. Uh, you know, Raw's new announced team will include uh, play-by-play from Vic Joseph, who moved on over there, uh, Dio Madden, and right now, at least for now, <laughs> WWE Hall of Famer Jerry the King Lawler. Uh, NXT is going to be called by Marl Ronaldo, Beth Phoenix, and Nigel McGuinness. Uh, SmackDown by Michael Cole, Corey Graves, and Renee Young. Uh, guys, you know, a few, and uh, AEW too with Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and I still, I still, the guy with the mask, he's still wearing the mask. I don't think he needs the mask anymore. Take the jock strap off. You're in the fucking big leagues now. Come on. <laughs> but either fucking way. Excalibur. We have, so we have a variety of announced teams now. They, they shuffled it up a bit. Guys, let's start with one show and work our way around. Uh, I'll tell you what, I wasn't impressed with Raw. They have really left these guys out to be the B show now. Raw was the number one main show. And, you know, I, th- I figured they would just build SmackDown up a little bit to, you know, move into Fox, get the ratings, yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, I'm not saying anything bad about Vic Joseph. I love his play-by-play. Uh, Jerry Lawler stood out like a fucking sore thumb as like the old guy in the fucking skate park kind of a thing, you know, like, (laughs) yeah, he's a veteran of the business, but that's exactly what he is. He's a veteran of the business and you know, we're going to get old one day and I hope somebody doesn't put me on TV when it's a bunch of like 17 year olds and I have no idea what's going on. Uh, but I'll tell you what, other than that too, Dio Madden. He didn't do anything. I, I feel like there was no variation between the voice, you know, like the guys talking. Nothing stood out for me the whole show. That At one point, I was asking myself, has he even talked yet? And I, I can't remember anything that he said or done, did anything that night. And no offense, this is just me not used to him or whatnot, but that Raw announced team, man, I'm sorry. Vic Joseph is great, but being with these other guys, I don't think it does anybody any justice for this show. And this is Monday Night Raw, man. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, did I'm, you feel the same? Yes and no. I thought Vic Joseph was a little flat because I'm used to him having a little bit more excitement in his voice. He's great when he calls uh, NXT UK, especially when there's like, you know, a nice high spot. You know, he hits that fucking high note. He's like, oh my God, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, Dio Madden was struggling finding his spots. And I feel like Jerry was kind of stepping on his toes a little bit. I was very surprised that, you know, they moved Cole. With uh, God Corey Graves to SmackDown and Renee, I really loved the dynamic that they had that one week where Vic was actually on Raw with Ross and and Renee. I thought Vic Joseph and Cole letting him call the play by play was great, mm. and he had very good chemistry with Renee. I'm surprised. Um, I'm sure it's because Fox wants the woman on the announce team, but. I think she should have stayed on Raw, and they should have just kept Corey Graves with with Phillips and Sachs. And that's the question. What the fuck happened with Byron Sachs and and Todd Phillips? Are they going to be calling 205 Live now? I don't know, Mike. Mike, what did you think about this? Because are you familiar with Madden Law from NXT or whatnot? I mean, to me, I Uh, I didn't know him that much. No, I'm not. He was never on NXT. I, I, I was not familiar with him. I didn't get to hear him much on 205 Live. So watching Raw for the first time was kind of my introduction to him. And exactly what Cooter said, I 110% agree with. I think Jerry the King Lawler was kind of just stepping on toes a little bit. Kind of, it just, I don't know. Jerry the King Lawler was great in the Attitude Era. Hmm. Now it's just like, 
he's using the same jokes that he used nope. <laughs> in 1999. It's not and working. It's, just, it's not meshing well with the other two. And you got to remember, I, that was a two-man booth. Now he's in a three-man yep. booth. Exactly. Um, and I just, I just feel like Jerry is the person that they, they got to get rid of. And I understand why Vince might have put him in there because of the experience, and he could probably help these two rookies get through their first time on a live stage like that. But I just hope that they get rid of him soon. And and I don't mean get rid of him like fire him. Just I mean just bring him back to the, the the panels, the pre-show panels. Let him do his old man jokes there. I think Vic <laughs> Joseph. I think Vin, Vic Joseph is great, but I think this is now the time where he has Vince and Kevin Dunn in his ear. So, and I don't know from experience of having Vince and Kevin Dunn in my ear. But from what I hear, it's a terrible experience sometimes because they just want you to say certain things that you don't say or you wouldn't be caught saying, but you have to say it. And it's, I think that had to play a factor with that. And, in, and exactly what you said, I agree with you, Credo, or T.O. Madden, D.O. Madden, whatever they pronounce his name. He just was kind of like just the Jason Jordan of the crew. Just <laughs> happy to be here. I'm here, I'm on Raw. From what yeah, I understand, too, up. that was a Paul Heyman move. I think Paul Heyman wanted Vic and wanted Dio just because he's, you know, fresh, if you will, fresh meat or whatever, just a different dynamic, uh, uh, not being the token black guy, but just, you know, somebody different. It's not the same old. And I'm surprised they even went with Jerry Lawler right now, especially with, you know, I think this is the first time he's been calling live stuff. I mean, since his heart attack, because he would come in for a pay-per-view or something for like a match, but like not the whole show, you know? So I'm surprised they even had that option uh, with the whole, you know, live heart attack a few years ago. So, Ah, uh, so uh, at the end of the day, I'm disappointed with Raw. We didn't get the SmackDown yet, but we know the SmackDown crew. Uh, we're kind of used to them already. NXT, I, I I don't mind at all. Beth doesn't bother me. Nigel's great. That's a well will machine. And Morrow's awesome. Morrow's the energy. Nigel's like the you know the the the, the accent in your ear, if you will, of another voice in there just uh, can call the shots. And Be- you know Beth adds to it great. And I. I this dynamic works. That dynamic works. They got something right with that, I think. Yeah, yeah. and those three voices, they don't step on each other. Nope. And they all harmonize. I, like, they sound good together. Like, one doesn't sound too far different from the other one, if that makes any sense. And I, I heard uh, someone say this before, and it makes perfect sense. Someone said that you can literally close your eyes and just listen to Morrow tell the story. And yeah. it just, it's an amazing sound though. That three, I'm not a fan of a three person booth, but that three person booth just works so well together. And they're the best commentating team in the sport today. There's no question about it. And, and, and I also want to say, Holy God, Mauro Ronaldo can probably call the fucking thing by himself. For I know, sake. yeah, he doesn't need anybody. He doesn't need anybody, but that's the thing. They find their spots, they get in, they get out, and he lets them do their thing. Whereas if nope. it was like Michael Cole, he would just try to shit all over you and fucking nope. step on your toes. Oh, God. You need to differentiate these shows. New voices, new, new fresh blood, uh, just something different. I think especially if they're, they're going with a brand new season of each show now, you know, changing it up a little bit doesn't doesn't uh, hurt. So, I did read this on the fabulous interwebs, most reliable source. 
Um, I, I read that Michael Cole is actually starting to kind of try to get himself away from the commentator's table and kind of groom other people so he could take a step back and oversee things from backstage, which he oversees the commentating anyway. But I think from from what I read, that exactly is what he wants to do now is where he just wants to groom someone for Raw, have someone take his place once they get established on Fox and then just kind of oversee everything and be like a contributor in that way. Now, this is coming from dirt sheets and, and the interwebs, so don't quote me on it, but that's what I read. No, I, I, I agree, though. I, it's like you, you can't like, – like the late-night talk show host, like David Letterman or Jay Leno, you can't be on the, year, the, the air for like 50 years. Like at a certain point, you got to bow out and just let it move on to the next generation kind of a thing. And, you know – it's not saying that they're bad, but I mean, like, look at look at AEW for example. Jr. is a great name, but Jr. was a great name 20 years ago, and he doesn't have that same energy anymore. Terry, uh, Tony, Sh- I keep saying Terry because I'm thinking Terry Taylor. Tony yeah. Schiavone uh, is, you know, I think he still has that energy. Uh, I feel like he's been rejuvenated with all the podcasts and stuff that he does now. But yeah. you know, just Jr. Man, I don't know. He's like. He's like Jr. worn out. Twenty years later, uh, it's still Jr. But he doesn't have that same energy. I think he's trying to get that same energy, but I don't know. I don't think it's he's there up, anymore he's for down, him. He's down. He's up. He's yeah, down. exactly. He's all over the place. There's just no consistency with him. And goddamn, it's not just the podcasting, Shivani. He fell back in in love with wrestling again. Yeah. Because when he started podcasting, he was just doing it to try to make few extra bucks to fucking uh, help pay for his daughter's wedding and then that got him into mlw which i believe he's still gonna do um he started commentating shows for them and if you hear him on that youtube he's pretty he's so fucking good just calling the play i forget who does it with him mike do you remember who does the mlw um Um, is that core bauer matt striker that's right that's right This is what I want you guys to do and and everybody who's listening to do the same thing. So what I want you to do is right before – like when Paige and Pac came to the ring and right before they go to commercial, just listen to JR in the tone and how he cuts the commercial. Just no energy, no enthusiasm. It's just – he just seems like – I don't know. It just doesn't seem right. And then listen to that. And then just pick any match with Mauro Ronaldo. So wait, hold on. Who who's saying it right? Because every announcer is saying Pack, and I'm like, for fucking like ten years, I thought it was Pac, like Tupac, but they I keep calling him Pack. Is it their accent or is it is it Pac or is it Pack? And I'm it like, it's Pack. And I'm like, Pack doesn't. I'm like, I feel like you know, finding out that Santa Claus isn't real anymore. I'm like, what? I've been calling him Pac for like twenty, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, now it's it doesn't, like it, it doesn't, it doesn't fit now. Like saying Pac is like Pac-Man. It's stupid. I don't know. I, I want to hear. I don't know. Anyway, that just bothered me. I, I was like, I can't believe they, they. I thought it was an accident one week, and then I was like, nope. They're it, that's it's. I guess that's his name. They're really going with that now. So. Alright, I'm gonna throw something. Uh, anyway. Remember how earlier I was saying. The NXT announced team, they they kind of harmonize, you know. They they all sound good together. Is it me or is it? It's like their voices on the AEW comment are so far from each other. It, it it just seems like they shouldn't even be in the same room. 
like you have Jr. Uh, Sasha Frash, you know, like whatever. And then you got Excalibur, who's all really, really low. And then it's hi, I'm Tony Schiavone. I'm it's like holy shit, they're all over the fucking place. Like yeah. pick an octave. It's <laughs> it's just weird. And and that's no knock. I'm like I'm not trying to make fun of their voices, but I'm just saying the difference in their tones. It just throws me off. It's it's very distracting to me. This is what I think AEW needs because I mentioned this to you guys and I mentioned to earlier that they basically have three play-by-play guys going. There's no color guys. And and that's what stands out to me the most because that color guy is very important to that booth. I think they need a Corey Graves type guy in that booth as the color guy. Like someone – I'm not saying Corey Graves in general because he's with the WB, obviously, but someone to kind of like offset that in a way because I, I'm getting play by play from Excalibur. I'm getting play by play from JR. I'm getting play by play from Tony Giovanni. I'm not getting the analyst type calls. I'm not getting a color guy type call. And that just I'm going to throws me with wrong. You on that one because okay. I feel like Excalibur was doing a lot of the, of the play by play and then Jim Ross would come. I felt like Tony was trying to be that more analyst role where he would just talk about certain things uh, without calling the action. And I thought he was doing a pretty decent job of it because I'm so used to him calling the action. It was kind of a nice dynamic. That was the one thing about it I did enjoy. Oh, and plus, and him calling MJF that little prick. Little prick. (laughs) I I love that because that's a joke from his podcast. That's like a little Easter egg for for the yeah. fans of his show. So, you know, but <laughs> it's it, fucking great. Here's the thing you said, though. You said you're used to hearing Tony call the play-by-play, but that's the thing. I'm used to hearing him calling the play-by-play. That's why yeah. when he talks, I hear play-by-play. I mean, yeah, I, I do. He was trying to kind of be that guy, but for me, you know, being a, a fan of the Monday Night Wars and hearing him call play by play and and hearing him to this day still call play by play like I'm still hearing a play by play guy. Yeah, I hear you. Is there anybody out there now if you could mix maybe two or three people together whether it's for WWE or AEW or whatnot that would be probably a good commentating team? Is there anybody that stands out that you would love to hear? Um You know what? I got a great idea. To me, I think you have Excalibur, not as a play-by-play guy. I, I, I love, I like him as a color analyst because he does have some good insights. But I would love it if he was with somebody, I don't know, Joey Styles. I think that would be a really exciting team because if if Joey Styles could have that energy that he always had, but under control without the screaming and the raspiness part of it, I, I think that would be a really, really good-sounding team. Just a two-man booth. Fuck the three-man booth. Uh, you know, save that for the pay-per-views. But for a fucking two-hour fucking primetime show, I think you got to go with, with with a two-man booth. That's To me, it just sounds the best. Unless you have that well-oiled machine, like like a Beth Phoenix, Nigel McGinnis, and Amaro and all, I think you're fucked, man. Hmm. What about you, Mike? Any, anybody that you that stand out for you that you want to hear each week? Yeah, you know, I wouldn't... I, I kind of like I have to agree with Cooter like a Joey Styles like someone just out of the blue I honestly I would throw a Taz in there somewhere mm. Taz would be great with the AEW team because he's that color he's guy he's that color guy yeah I would not touch that NXT table 
That well, NXT table is gold. We don't touch that. Yeah. We leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> leave my shit alone, bro. Somebody we haven't seen. I mean, somebody who we do see, and somebody who actually has a, a, a current job. Are running the show, but I would I loved Paul Heyman when he would do commentary sometimes. Oh, you know when he would come in and do like Raw and you know for the ECW matches yeah. and all that. I mean, as much work as he already does now, being an advocate and you know it, being the the general manager of Raw or whatever he's doing. I don't know. He still has a good voice. He has that yeah. kind of excitement, and I, I, I think if he transitions out of not managing anybody anymore, put him on commentary. I would love to hear Paul Heyman every week just talk. Oh, Credo, when you when you were talking about that earlier, and I was like, "That's somebody I would love," but that's one of my favorite WrestleManias was WrestleMania 17. Not just because of all the great matches, because it was Jim Ross and Paul Heyman, hmm. and when he called the Kurt Angle Chris Benoit match as great as a match as that was from a wrestling standpoint, it was just so much better because of because of the the calling, from yeah. Jim Ross and fucking Heyman just throwing those ad libs in there. He was He's probably one of the best, and he only did it for them for a very short time until King came back. <laughs> yep, man. And what about the, the, this dynamic? Which it's never going to happen, but if he's so good at telling people what to say on the headset, I would love to see McMahon just to like, you know, come out and do a show one night. Once again, I remember they did that old school Raw, and it was uh, McMahon or whatever out there. But I want to see. I, I loved McMahon. I loved him with. Um, Jesse the Body Ventura. I love those kind of dynamics where you had like the one jokester, the one serious guy, like Grill Monsoon, Bobby Heenan, or whether we're, you know. Uh, Him and Macho Man. Yeah, so like that time, you know, it worked good. So I don't know. Uh, but I, out, of, out of these great shows, I think some of these commentary teams you know, could shift around a little bit or change as the days progress. But guys, at the end of the day, it was a great week for wrestling for the fans. So next week, though, we do have on Enzo Amore. Enzo. A real one, a real, uh, a real certified G is going to be joining us, guys. We just had Big Cass on, who had a little bit of a downfall. Uh, we'll talk to Big Cass. Don't Johnson. say it like that. He had a little bit of a downfall. He did he had a little bit of downfall? He's with Diamond Dallas Page right now. Don't say it like that, man. The guy gave us a great interview, and you're going to trash him like that, bro. Diamond Dallas Page, do reach out to everybody. Gave him uh, the uh, an, uh, an address. You could write to him. Maybe you could write some Cass, big, uh, big Cass, some letters or Cass XL. But either is that way, where he is? yeah, he's he's, he's he's with Paige right now, yeah. So uh, either way, DDP is like a like a god, he's the savior of all <laughs> wrestling folk. He really is. So get a lot wow. of credit for DDP. But yeah, Enzo will be joining us next week, guys. So tune in for that. Another wrestlingpodcast.com for everything and anything AWP. 